Blog Talk Radio. Good to see you all here again tonight. Uh, John and I are running a couple days late, thanks to me. But we've got a good show for you, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things tonight, as always. And um, I want to remind everyone, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, the annual event in Washington, D.C. There's big changes coming for this next year, and we'll be there. And, oh, my goodness. Where to start, where to start. Uh, Last night on Tanya's show, which was just huge, uh, we talked about this recent supposed executive order of Biden's, and I had already gone to the Federal Register and looked for this thing to read what it actually said, and it isn't there. And, in fact, it isn't anywhere that I can find. Uh, I can't find anyone who has seen or has read this executive order. Now, it makes me wonder what's going on there. Uh, but where it is, what it says is neither here nor there because the President of the United States does not have the power or authority to issue executive orders except as they apply to federal agencies, and that has to do with their day to day business, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> If you go back to when they cranked up that fake war against Iraq and Doofus Bush came out and he kept at one time he would refer to himself as your president and other times as the chief executive, they were telling you exactly, exactly where they were pivoting from. In what capacity were they speaking? Were they speaking as the president who followed the Constitution and the laws or were they speaking as the head of the corporation? the chief executive of the corporation, and bound by contract law. And they they were telling you in which voice they were speaking. During that time, I was writing for the St. Cloud Times in Minnesota, writing an editorial a couple times a month. And I had gone after Cheney and Bush several times, not personally, uh, my personal opinion is Doofus Bush couldn't come up with his own name. You know, he couldn't put two words together and come up with his own name. The man was absolutely and is to this day one of the most ignorant people I have ever seen cross the public stage. But that aside, behind those articles that I wrote showing what the law was, what the Constitution said, Supreme Court rulings, blah, 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 Gannett Publishing sent me an email, they owned that newspaper, and said that in the future, they would give me 10 acceptable topics to write about, and I would have to have my editorial in two weeks before deadline instead of the usual one week, so they could read it and decide if it was acceptable or not, and if not, they would give me a more suitable topic. Now, those of you who know me, 
this landed in my mailbox and shot back out at, at the speed of light. And I politely told Gannett Publishing they could put their little plan where the sun didn't shine, only I wasn't quite that selective in my words. And But this is what we're seeing today. They're being told what to say, what they can say, what they are supposed to say, what you are supposed to believe. And too many of you are jumping on the bandwagon and sucking it up as if it came from the mouth of God. It did not. It did not. Go back to this executive order. No president, previously or to come, or even the current one, has the authority or the power to issue executive orders. And this is lawmaking. This violates the separation of powers. Um, One of the first things that came out about this supposed executive order was that Biden had uh, selectively... uh, let the judiciary and the legislative branches off and he was covering for them. No, he has no authority to mandate them to do anything of this kind. He cannot order them to do anything because of this separation of powers. They are completely separate but equal branch of government. But we skipped over that part because you're not supposed to know that much about it anyway. But wherever this thing is, they've got it well hidden, which makes me wonder if it exists at all or if, on the other hand, it is far more dangerous and terrible than we even think it is. Now, we've got people dying all over the place, and as a friend of mine have discussed recently in detail, I'm sick of this COVID narrative, and this is what it is. It is a cover story. You cannot tell me that a plague has hit the world And no one can identify or isolate this supposed virus. And the only thing they have to test for it is a test that can't test for it and gives false positives most of the time. There is something else happening here. Now, our government, most especially CIA and the DOD, have a long, long, long and sordid history of testing bioweapons on the public and on people in other countries. We have done it over and over again and repeatedly. The CIA went into the subways in New York here back, I believe it was in the 80s, with briefcases that were specially equipped to spray this bacteria as they walked through the subway. And then they sat back and waited to see who got sick. We've, they've done all kinds of things to us. The chemtrails, what were they? Why were they? Why were they? Why are they still doing it? Not as much. It's not as prolific. But why are they still doing it? And whenever chemtrails have been extraordinarily heavy, the plants on the ground show the effects. Long, dead brown streaks show up in them. The bark peels off of trees. Trees come down to just fall apart. The whole inside is hollowed out as if it has been nuked. And one tree worker said to me, we find more and more of these all the time. It's from these towers that is microwaving the interior of the tree, heating the sap, eating the interior of the tree out, and it just splits and comes apart. What do you think it's doing to you? There is something happening, and yes, I believe something is being done to us. Do I believe it's this COVID nonsense? No. That's the story you're being told to divert you so you don't look at what really could be happening. This could be something added to the water supplies. It could be something that's being applied aerosol. 
Um, it could be, look at all the genetically modified mosquitoes they just released down there in Florida here in the last six months. What was the purpose of that? Genetically modified to do what? There, there's something happening here. We are being culled. We are being used and misused. We have a government that absolutely hates our existence worse than any terrorist could. And I'm going to say something before I turn this over to John. If you're worried about terrorist attacks, look no further than D.C. Because that's where they'll come from. Behind closed doors in the dead of night by the cowards that they are. They're special and we're not. With that, John, I'm going to turn this over to you and let you take this where you want it to go. All right, Marty. Thank you, dear. I appreciate it. Again, always a pleasure to be here and having this conversation. <clears throat> First of all, we've got to establish some baseline. We've got to figure out a few things. What is an executive order? What was the original use of an executive order versus how it is being used now? And then we progress from there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me explain to you the authority of the original executive orders going all the way back in history. The executive order was the ability for the president to make a decision of what color blinds he wanted in the White House, what kind of dishes he wanted to have on his table serving all these you know, people that came by to visit him, what kind of silverware to have, and what to have for dinner. That was the extent of the authority that he had for a quote-unquote executive order. Now, so how do we get from that point to a quote-unquote mandate saying, you shall do what I have stated or else? Well, part of the problem is that we have this myth, and believe me, ladies and gentlemen, it is a myth, of authority. And, you know, if you're going to sit there and say I'm in charge and act like you're in charge and everybody turns around and treats you like you're in charge, well, guess what? You can basically say and do anything that they'll let you get away with. That's the truth of the matter. And, again, this is the problem that we have because there's this mixed perception that that certain people are authorized to tell us what we can and cannot do. And this is something that is very difficult to get people to see through, to comprehend, and to actually reappraise their false assessment. Now, I'm going to come at it from a couple of different angles. The first one is when you vote. For those who follow me, they know my attitude about voting for your slave master while declaring war on your neighbors because that's what you actually are doing. But in addition to that, by participating in the voting process, you in turn agree with whatever those people who get quote-unquote elected do. Now, I don't care if it wasn't your guy or girl that got elected. You participated in the process with the assumption as, okay, well, these people, whoever gets elected, obviously the, you know, the, the vote has been cast. And therefore, they have the right to rule. And when you think about it, and I mean really take a step back and do a heart-to-heart thinking about it, you'll figure out that only about one-third of people that are quote-unquote authorized to vote 
actually do. You have all these other people who never even go down and register. And remember, when you register something, you're transferring ownership. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But in other words, one-third of the population is participating in the fraud of authority. So that means already it's a minority that's making decisions. And from that point, we can never then cut that minority of one-third of the population by 50%, give or take a couple percentage points, depending on what the election cycle is. What I mean by that, well, one group of people is going to vote for their Republicans, the other group of people is going to vote for their Democrats, and, you know, there's a few anarchists and uh, libertarians and the communists and everybody else that's running in all of those other positions as well. So you can divvy it up even farther from the 50-50. And a perfect, perfect example of that is here in Clarksville, Tennessee. Here in Clarksville, Tennessee, people run for mayor. We've never had a mayor in all the years that I've been here, which is three decades, never had a mayor for the city of Clarksville get elected with more than 35% of the vote. Now, common sense says, okay, well, you take the top two vote getters, and then you pit them against each other, and people choose. Well, of course, this is very favorable for the people, but not favorable for the political parties and their goons who are making sure that their people get in. And would not, don't even talk to me about fraud and stuff like that. We're just talking about just where does the money go? Follow the money. See who's paying for whom. Okay, that's issue number one. The other issue with this myth of authority is when you Break it down. We have been conditioned to accept this attitude. Oh, I'm just a lonely peon. I must do what I've been told. I must pay my taxes and serve my corporate masters. Again, this is not the foundation. Now, I know people are going to come up and discuss things like the Constitution. And okay, we'll go there. And I'll, you know, my attitude is it's the con. Constitution, okay, what is a constitute is someone who grieves to pay the debts of another, and we're not going to spend much time on that issue, but I'm here to tell you that is a document for a debtor. That's a fact. It was also a corporate charter. That is a fact. So again, by participating in this, you are agreeing that you are party to whatever corporation, and I don't care if we're talking about United States Incorporated, 28 United States Code, 3002, Section 15A, the United States is a federal corporation. The word federal means by agreement or by contract, and corporation is, of course, a trust and a debt entity. But again, we don't know our truth in our history. We simply accept the fact that certain people get elected and they do things. Now, those of us that have been awake are sitting there saying, yeah, well, those are the talking heads, but they're not the ones even in charge. They got people pulling their strings, a.k.a. the bankers. Again, the problem lies we are not holding people accountable. So the tyranny can run rampant, which, of course, it has. And it was never this blatant. It didn't get go from zero to 60 in a matter of a month or a couple of years. No, it was incrementalism, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit elsewhere. And it started right from the foundation of the corporation. 
right from the foundation where you say, okay, go back in American history, and this is where America created its government. And again, Marty and I covered that a couple weeks ago, so now we're not going to spend time today talking about it. But look at the tyranny of the presidents. That was a show we did that night. And I broke it down for y'all. It started, the problem started immediately. It didn't start a couple years or a couple decades. The problems started immediately where the terms of the contract were not being met. That's the facts. And as you progress, what did we have? We had the tyranny of Abraham Lincoln and his quote-unquote executive orders, his authority. He took the power under the guise of being in a war that he started, I would like to add. Now, don't even get me started on, well, the Confederates opened fire on Fort Sumter. Well, first of all, it was Fort Sumter was owned by the Confederates. Fact one, begged the Union soldiers who walked into that on Christmas night and took over, locked the doors behind them and says, we're here to stay. Now, they begged them to leave, and they wouldn't leave. They says, listen, we'll give you your tickets back north, and it's all good, but this is our property. We own this. You don't belong here. We do. And then Lincoln sent his army and his navy to reinforce that port because that's what Fort Sumter was. It was the security for a very important port. And the Confederate soldiers did not open fire until the Union troops' first ship arrived, and they could not permit that fort to be reinforced. And thus, Fort Sumter was fired. But it was not Confederate troops sent north to invade northern lands. No, it was the other way. But we want to change our history and claim that it was anything, oh, it was a beautiful war. It was about freeing the slaves. No, ladies and gentlemen, it was what every stinking war for the last several hundred years has been about. It was always about money, and the problem was the money wasn't there. And the South succeeded because the terms of the contract were not being met, a.k.a. the Constitution. And more importantly than the terms of the contract weren't being met, they were demanding that the Confederate states pay more in taxes, which means the apportionment of taxation. What do we say? Taxation without representation, right? Well, the South was getting pillaged financially for the benefit of the northern states which were more populous, but had less money. So again, but I'm getting off of here on the diversification. Let's go back. So now the question becomes, how did it grow from there? Well, Lincoln did certain things, and then every president after him said, well, we're in a state of emergency, because actually, ladies and gentlemen, we never came out of that state of emergency. We never came out of that state of emergency from the War of Northern Aggression in 1861. When the Confederacy left the Union and the congressmen and the senators walked out, signed die without day, that corporation never came back, folks. It never came back. And again, if you don't know your history, you don't know that. What happened after the war? You had a brand new corporation created, and its headquarters, Washington, the District of Criminals, and this brand new corporation had different players behind it because, again, it was all about Vatican banking. 
So when we think about executive orders, there's a problem because now somebody is taking what does not belong to them and assuming power and control over it. And this is legitimate. Is it? Of course not. Not even remotely. There was a reason there was a separation of powers. There was a reason all spending bills had to start in the House, get voted on by the Senate, in turn looked at by the president who would either agree or disagree. And if disagreement, wouldn't sign it. If they agreed, then it became quote-unquote law. And again, that's just for the corporation. But you see, back then, the people weren't party to every whim, every desire of some psychopath in a foreign state or a foreign country who was just there to pillage and plunder them. We were still free, folks, to a lot to a lot of degrees. But as everything else, incrementalism. And what did they do? The crime of 1873 where they took the bimetallic system of gold and silver, which were interchangeable and both were considered money, and they made gold supreme, which meant everybody had to have gold to pay for their bills, and silver wasn't money anymore. So again, the bankers win. The bankers won. And if that wasn't bad enough, then you turn around and you look at 1913. What happened then? The Federal Reserve got passed at Christmas break when most of Congress was gone. Again, that was authorizing a private foreign banking cabal with ties to the Vatican and the Rothschilds. That was Congress saying, we don't handle the finances anymore. Here, you take care of it. Yeah, we're going to pay debts now to you. We're going to be nice. We're going to print up notes, and you get to lend it back to us at interest. How do you like those terms? Not only do they get to lend it to us at interest, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter if you're talking a dollar bill, a five dollar bill, a ten dollar bill, twenty, fifty, or a hundred. It doesn't matter which kind of bill you're creating. The last number I saw it was thirteen cents to produce one of those. And remember, they're not money, ladies and gentlemen. They are Federal Reserve notes are negotiable debt instruments. They are private banking script. They are not money. They are a negotiable debt instrument, and they are a liability to the United States Corporation, and you can verify that by going to 12 United States Code 411. But again, now the bankers had their hooks in the country in a bigger way than they ever did before. And you've heard me talk about this again and again and again. This is called vulture capitalism. Vulture capitalism. They destroy the economy, come in, steal everything for pennies on the dollar, then let, turn around and do it all over again. And they were doing this on a very regular cycle. And by regular cycle, about every 10 to 20 years. Guess what? I've been through it five or six times now in my lifetime. It is time to wake up. So back to this issue of executive orders. Well, okay, you've transferred power, and now somebody's claiming that they have it. What was the next example of an egregious executive order? Well, that was 1933. Franklin Delano Roosevelt 
and you've heard me rant a couple of times on this issue. Today is a day of national consecration in his inauguration speech. And as with any contract, what comes first takes precedence over everything that comes after. And again, try to find those words on any of the printed documents online or somewhere. You won't find them because they're hidden. They don't want people asking questions. What does that mean? And I'll explain that in a minute. They don't want people looking. But if you want to hear the criminal banker, war criminal, Franklin Donald Roosevelt, say that in his inauguration speech, all you have to do is go to YouTube. And there it is, right at the start, right where I keep telling you it is. What does it mean when they say today is a day of national consecration? National, nation. It's not the country, ladies and gentlemen. It's the corporation. What does the word consecration mean? Oh, working for the church. Oh, and who is that church? Vatican bankers, ladies and gentlemen. All roads lead to Rome. You've heard me rant about it again and again. You've heard me explain there are three city-states that rule the world. Vatican is the problem child. City of London is their bitch. That's your financial center. That is your legal center. And the district of criminals, that's your military industrial complex. So ladies and gentlemen, these executive orders got worse after that little incident where he hypothecated every man, every woman, every boy, every girl to be slaves. That's what happened when he said that. He stole all their property, turned them into debt slaves, bond slaves. But to make matters worse, anybody that actually had gold at the time, and there was a lot of people. And all, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, contracts were based on gold. Contracts were based on gold, not fiat. Not fiat. And that gold contract got voided. Why? Because his executive order was, okay, ladies and gentlemen, you must turn in your gold and gold certificates. Oh, well, that was a big ripoff of the American people. But it was a wonderful windfall for United States Incorporated. And golly gee, those bankers really were celebrating high fives, all those things. They stole the gold at $20.63 an ounce. And after they had pretty much all of it turned around and, hey, the price of gold is now $35 an ounce. Well, that was great from the perspective of the people that now hold the gold. You know, you've heard the statement. He who holds the gold makes the rules. Okay? What did Rothschild say? Give me control over a nation's currency. I do not care who makes its laws. Hello? Hello? More executive order BS. More criminality. So we can fast forward and look at all these executive orders and, hey, the president can now even go to war for 30 days without Congress questioning it. Well, gee, what did that lead us to? Oh, several different wars with no congressional order to go to war ever even started. We had a police action in Korea. We had another police action in Vietnam. And don't get me started 
on everything else. Near as I can tell, the last time we actually had a Congress that declared war was World War II. And again, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and his criminality knew that the fleet was on the way to bomb Pearl Harbor, did nothing about it. Why? Because he made a little deal with the English. Because, of course, the English and the Americans are tied in with each other. And, of course, he was friends with the shithead over there in England and had been for decades. And it was okay because now they brought America in because America wanted no part of their European wars. So the decision of an executive, meaning the president, was made. Pearl Harbor was bombed. Americans got really pissed off, which they rightly should have been. But think about what would have happened if they knew the truth back then. Oh, and for your information, folks, most people don't know this. There was a congressional inquiry. They went after the general in charge of the soldiers on the land, and they went after the admiral in charge of the Navy in Congress. How did December 7th ever happen? And when they discovered that all roads left and went straight to Franklin Delano Roosevelt's little office, Oh, that little investigation all of a sudden kind of went away. <laughs> Can't imagine why that might happen. So, on to asking questions about executive orders. We've established how they got started, what their origins were, and how they got out of hand. Well, now the question becomes, okay, we have seen executive orders. They always print them, and you just heard, you just heard Marty tell you, I can't find this executive order there. I can't find it. Ladies and gentlemen, if Biden actually said and did what they say that he did, it would be there. Because again, that's part of the contract. So that begs the question, why isn't it like Marty asked? And that's a very legitimate question. And people like me have been asking, well, did Biden actually win? All evidence suggests that he didn't. Now, if you saw my YouTube video before it was taken down, I told people before the election who would be president, and it was not Trump. But it wasn't because Biden was going to win the popular vote. No, that was stolen, and the evidence suggests that it is, regardless of what the news media wants you to believe. But the issue is this. If he did not win, if he has no authority to say or do anything, then a lot of the really strange things that have been around this little White House thing going on make a lot more sense. Because there's been Biden, who doesn't appear to be in the Oval Office, but appears to be somewhere else with green screens behind him where really strange things are happening, where he seems very weird. Not only that, he's incapable of making decisions. Incapable of them. Now, I don't care who's president CEO of the United States, Inc. I don't. I consider them all to be criminals. I do. The last man in that office that actually somewhat cared was still corrupt. But he was somewhat cared and really did try to do something, 
was murdered by his vice president and the CIA and a cover-up with the FBI with, again, shooters from the Vatican. And this isn't conjecture. This isn't opinion. We know everything now, folks. We know the names of the shooters. We know where they were placed. We know it all. But again, we want to pretend that the authority cannot be questioned. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where the problem lies. We, you, me, are the reason they can get away with it. Because we're not questioning authority. On the contrary, we're just sitting there licking our favorite boots, enjoying our favorite taste of boot polish. Yum, yum. So appetizing. No, ladies and gentlemen, it's not. If you think that you're going to get peace by submitting to tyranny, I've got a very bad news for you. It will not happen. Tyranny only grows stronger and stronger. And if you haven't been seeing the writing on the wall for the last 20 years, forget the last two, the last 20, it's been blatantly in your face. Blew up several buildings covering up for the banking fraud and all that stuff. You think that this is any different? We told you about it. Event 201. Do your research, ladies and gentlemen. Come on now. Anthony Fauci, what did he say? Oh, Trump is going to have a problem in his presidency. There's going to be an outbreak. Gee, if that wasn't predictive programming, I don't know what was. Going back to what I said a few minutes ago when I said it was going to be Biden that was president. How did I know? How did John know? Simple, because I do my research. All the numbers in Gematria pointed to Biden. All of them, Catholic boy, all the other criminality. But the number said Biden. And remember, this isn't about Biden even. It was about Kamala Harris. But more importantly than that, Barry Satoro told us not once but twice who would be president. Because, again, I keep reminding everybody, it's all scripted. In a room full of people at a dinner celebration for something or other, I don't remember what, Barry Satoro, a.k.a. Barack Hussein Obama, CIA, told the audience, Donald Trump will be your next president. He told them. And when did he tell us that Joe Biden would be the next president? Oh, that's nice. He told us on the inauguration day of Donald Trump. He told us. Walking there with Joe Biden right next to his side, walked right in front of the camera, talking to Joe, saying... This will be you soon. Yep. Do you really believe there's a coincidence in any of this, folks? I sure don't. Trust me, there is no such thing as coincidence. So if you want to give power to something, you can do it. It's called free will. 
You have the free will to do what they ask of you. But I'm here to remind you, you also have the free will to tell them to stop it where the sun doesn't shine and stand up against the tyranny. Because trust me, this is the only way we're going to stop what they've got planned. 2008 was the largest transfer of wealth in history. 2008 was. But you see, that's just a little bit. They needed your cover for this global economic reset that you've heard me and Marty talk about here on this show. Again, look in the archives. You'll find them. Central bank digital currencies. Marty and I have talked about this multiple times, so I'm not going to take the time tonight to do it. But I'm here to tell you, it's about changing the system. And remember, I'm no fan of Federal Reserve notes, and I despise the Federal Reserve with everything that I got. But you still have at least a tiny amount of autonomy and a very tiny amount of secrecy. There is no secrecy when it comes to digital currency. And I don't give a rat's ass what all of these alternative quote-unquote currencies say. They're called cryptocurrencies for a reason, folks. Crypto, crypt, death. They're still fiat. They are still fiat. They are based on nothing. Now, there's rumors out there that XRP is going to be the first of the major players. There's a major lawsuit going on. And the interesting thing is the instigators of the lawsuit was XRP management, not the government. It's also interesting if you look at who the board of directors has of XRP. Oh, that would be a lot of the same people that used to work and decide things that were relevant like this. Because that's where they came from. Now, if you folks believe that there's a coincidence out there, you're fine. John doesn't believe in coincidences. I don't. Because they tell you they're going to do something, they do it. They told you in 1988. 1988, ladies and gentlemen, that they were going to destroy every currency that was out there. They featured on the front cover of The Economist magazine. That's a Rothschild publication. All the currencies of the time were burning. Phoenix bird rising out of those burning currencies. Around his neck was a gold pendant. Hint, hint. The year 2018 printed on that gold pendant. And then a circle with a line through it. And if you know your gematria, and you know your Greek alphabet, you know that's 21. 2021, ladies and gentlemen, what are we hearing about from Charles Schwab, or from Schwab, whatever the hell his name is, the Global Economic Reset? He wrote a whole book about how great COVID-19 was. It came out a month after the COVID-19 thing. Hey, this is great. We get to do a reset. It's all fraud. And until you 
recognize that truth. Recognize the danger that you are currently in. And recognize that you and you alone are going to be responsible whether you live or you die. Because I'm here to tell you, folks, your choices that you made last year, this year, and even this very minute to listen or to hang up this phone or whatever you're listening to on are going to impact you somehow. Have you prepped for it? Do you have a little bit of stored food? Do you have some seeds? Do you have the ability to defend yourself? Because these people are trying to start a civil war in case you haven't figured it out yet. I've been telling you folks for years, there is a war that has already been declared on you. It's not something that's coming in the future, folks. It's here in your stinking face. They have declared war on you. Economic warfare, psychological warfare, trauma-based mind control, chemtrails, fluoride, food, name it. They have declared war on you in every sense of the word. They, the hierarchy enslaving you. So if you want to have this myth of authority, if you want to be a good little obedient slave, if you want to say that censorship is great because, you know, all of those evil people out there trying to wake everybody up don't have the right to say anything, and if you believe that there should be no separation of any authority, but all roads must lead to somebody being in charge. Yes, I the man, yeah. Uh-huh. I can't convince you otherwise. But I'm here to tell you. There was a statement I heard when I was a boy, and I've remembered it to this day. You get the government you deserve. Period. What did I say the word government means? Two Latin words is the origin of the word government. Gouverneur, where we get the word govern and control governor, means to control. And ment, mente, mind. When you say mind control, every time you say government, that's exactly what you're saying. So next time you want to use the word government, you say mind control. Start conditioning your mind to say mind control. Now, if you want to be mind control and they're doing a wonderful job on it, that's, again, your choice, free will and all that. I'm an anarchist. You do you. But realize there are repercussions. Change the world in the legal world. Because most of what happens in these maritime admiralty constructive contract and racketeering fraud kangaroo courts, that's not lawful, ladies and gentlemen. That's just legal. See, juries used to come out and nullify decisions. If they thought the law overextended its bounds, they could nullify the law. See, a clerk masquerading as a judge will tell a jury, you can look at the facts of the case. But see, that didn't used to be what the judge said. You can judge the facts of the case, but you can also judge 
the law itself. There's a word for it, ladies and gentlemen. It's called jury nullification. And recently in New Jersey, there was a gun case where somebody was from out of state, came to New Jersey with a permit from a state. I think it was Georgia or something like that. Got pulled over by the crime syndicate. Gave permission for them to search his vehicle, which is stupid. Make him get a court order, folks. Make him get that order. And there he had a couple guns. They were lawfully his. He had a permit. But in the court, they railroaded him. So what does he do? He turns around and says, hey, I want a new trial. Do you know why they denied him his new trial, ladies and gentlemen? The reasoning behind the denial of the new trial, they were terrified of jury nullification. Terrified of it. Because this was very clearly a very egregious violation of this man's rights and an abuse of power. And what have I been telling you for years now? 134 crimes of your government owners. I've done video on it, I've written it up, and I've put it into legal documents. But again, if you believe somebody has the right to commit crimes against you because they are in authority, then ladies and gentlemen, I can't help you. These are corporations that are there for the benefit of their stockholders, not you. You are there for their profits. This is a criminal conspiracy going back centuries, if not millennia. The war has been declared on you. This is terrorism 101, ladies and gentlemen. This is the fear-mongering all the trauma, everything else. And what have you heard me say again and again? And in a minute, we're going to be bringing on my little brother. He's going to talk to you a little bit about medical tyranny. What I'm telling you is this. You have the choice to go along to get along in the hopes that the anvil will not come down on your head or recognize that sooner or later the anvil will fall on your head or the axe blade on the back of your neck. This is the truth of our system, folks. You're being lied to. You're being plundered, pillaged, and enslaved for the profits of others. And I'm here to tell you, folks, It's not going to get any better or any nicer until you stop consenting to the tyranny. Marty? You know, that's the thing here. Um, People don't understand when they sit silent and they don't say anything. They have consented. And as I watch things around the world, Australia, of course, just being on the verge of a full-blown civil war, People over there disarmed. They were disarmed, I guess it was about 20 years ago. They had to turn in every weapon they had, even collector's items, family heirlooms, everything. And as one of my friends over there said to me, 
they believe we have no way to fight back because they disarmed us, but people have figured out there's power in numbers. And these people are up on their feet and they're fighting to reclaim their country. Uh, according to them, they're in the middle of a hostile overthrow and they're fighting to preserve their country. And we're seeing this happen around the globe. Here we sit in the States and virtually nothing is happening. Um, as John, as I've said to you many times, I've never seen people so desperate to be terrorized, literally to be terrorized. Um, this whole COVID thing, of course, has been blown apart uh, for the farce that it is. And as I said in the lead up in the show, they're doing something to us. And in order to get done and accomplished what their end goal is, a fair number of us have to be gotten rid of. And we have to be shown that they don't have to fire a shot at us. They can take us out. And that's what's starting to really terrify people is the realization that at any time they they could, without firing a shot, take out a large number of us. You talked about Biden not being at the White House. I've been hearing this for several months that D.C. is vacant. No one is there. And we have a so-called president who is in the throes of dementia. I do not fault him for that. Uh, I fault the people who got him into office. Uh, obviously, he's at a disadvantage, and this is why they wanted him there. He can be manipulated, used. I think recently, wasn't it, that news conference where <clears throat> he said suddenly, uh, I'm supposed to stop talking and walk away. And everybody was just put off by it, but he, he was being coached and led. And I don't think the man is in his right mind. I don't think he's aware of his surroundings or what he's doing Where he is at, where everybody out of D.C. is at, is a big question. Where are they? And because for all intents and purposes, that place is deserted. Uh, uh, Another curious thing that I've been watching since last year when I came here, and there is a huge migration out of D.C. of the political types into Atlanta, I want to know why. Um, that something is going on. These people are coming in here in droves. And there's a reason for that, John. I don't know what it is yet. I know Tyler Perry just got another 140-some acres off of a base. I'd like to know how it is he's able to buy that stuff. Um, something is happening here. You can feel it. People know it. But nobody knows what it is exactly. But I say there is this migration out of D.C. You've got the White House in D.C., the political complex, uh, abandoned for all intents and purposes. I get reports from people from various parts of the country about our military bases and how they go to go on to the base. Many of them retired military. And they go to go on to the base And they're stopped, and they have to have this new special ID, apparently, but that they were stunned. The bases are populated by foreign soldiers who appear to be Israeli, and they're armed. As one gentleman told me, he said, you'd be hard-pressed to find an American soldier in there. 
And he said, what are these people doing on our bases? I don't know. There are a lot of odd things happening. Going back to something else I said earlier, my friend and I discussing the fact that COVID is just the narrative. It's just the cover story. It's the invention uh, that they use, you know, waving something bright and shiny at you so you don't look at what's actually going on. Something is being done to us, and it is affecting various people in the population to one degree or another, most particularly the elderly and people who are chronically ill, people who are known to be uh, compromised by age, by illness, whatever. And it is conveniently getting rid of a lot of them. Unfortunately, is also getting rid of a lot of young people. The fact that they're going after our children with this stuff, uh, this absolutely, it makes me want to throw up. It really does. To inject a child with whatever this is. I don't know if you saw that video by that doctor, Carrie Madej, where she finally got vials of Moderna, and I believe it was uh, J&J vaccines, and examined them under a microscope. And there appears to be some sort of animate thing in these vaccines it looks from the microscopic pictures like it looks like a crab i mean in that kind of shape and when it's pressed between the plates of the slide it doesn't move but if you move it and it can find an edge or an opening this thing lifts itself up and this is what they're injecting into people but it just whatever they're doing here we are we are no longer well the people have gotten the vaccine are no longer human and you know you go back john do you remember that uh, movie invasion of the body snatchers um the pod people and then when people who had avoided to being overtaken by this thing encountered people who had been absorbed the people who had been absorbed started screaming you know and uh, descending on them because they weren't one of them And this is what we're seeing happen with this vaccine unvaccinated thing. The people who have been vaccinated, who've survived it, have actually just, um, they have become some of the most vicious, uh, scary people seen in a long time. But this Dr. Badesh says the COVID serum is analyzed revealing self-assembling particles and biologically animated synthetic life form. And this was photographed under a microscope. This is a genetic modification. And you are no longer what we call human. You are transhuman, if anything else, which they've been pushing for for years. And you know, John, here, what was it? (laughs) Two years ago, three years ago, they started talking about, first they were going to put these chips and helmets for the military so they could communicate with them then they decided it'd just be better to put a chip in their head and that way if they went down on the battlefield they could find them and identify them and wasn't that handy um we've got a number of people that have contacted me who are what they call targeted individuals we had i interviewed a lady here Uh, About three, four weeks ago, named Karen Stewart, a 26-year veteran of the NSA, whistleblower, about what they are doing. And at one of these shows, John, I want you to talk about what you might know about fusion centers. 
we've got in every major city at least one, but every state has several of them, and these are privately owned. They're contracted to um, Homeland Security, and they do nothing but collect information on local people. Every phone call, every text message, every time your name appears anywhere, if you appear anywhere, whatever they can get on you, they're constantly collecting it. And they are there for no good purpose, let me put it that way. I I don't know at this age to look back, I would have never thought we would be here, not us, not America. We would never be here. And I am somewhat of a history buff, and I looked at other countries who had been overtaken and, you know, went through hard times, and I thought to myself, why didn't they fight back? Why didn't they stand up? And here I am in my own country now thinking, why didn't you fight back? Why aren't you people standing up? What's the matter with you? And like I say, and I look at other countries like Australia, disarmed, on their feet, giving it all they got. And here we sit. Here we sit. I don't get it, John. I just don't get it. That it just, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I never thought we would be here. I never thought it would be us we would be talking about. I, I know, but again, uh, your brother. Yeah, go ahead. When you're looking you at all those things, I says when you're looking at all of those things, folks, because they are getting information. You know, I've told everybody if I'm not on 20 government watch lists, I'm failing miserably. Remember, folks, they are going to a social social credit score. You need to be aware of that crap in China right now. They're going to be bringing it here. And again, Marty and I, the night before the election, was shut down when we talked about this. We were shut yes. down in real time. That censorship, pop, folks. They didn't want that information out that night. Okay? Nope. But yeah, it's time to talk about medical tyranny. And my little brother, victim of some of it, of course, and he's also got some thoughts on the other big C word, not the hoax issue. Okay. But remember, okay. folks, they've been curing cancer since 1933. Take the floor, Jim. Gee, many Thank you very much. Now, as far as that uh, dust stuff, all those little critters running around, that's called smart dust. And it's assembling. If anybody's uh-huh. ever watched Stargate this series, it's kind of explained by those little robots running around that they're always fighting on that show. Okay, uh-huh. except they're okay. there to take over your body, not your shit. Okay. Wow. Now, as far as uh, this cancer awareness month that we're in right now, we have been able to cure cancer for a long, long time. They want you to be aware of it. They want to feed you a whole bunch of bullshit on it, tell you it's incurable unless you do these two or three little uh, deadly things, basically your chemo and your radiation therapy. But they won't tell you about any of the actual cures, like stop drinking all the acidic soda because it cannot survive in a base body, but it thrives in acidic. Okay, and also in the early 90s, I heard of a scientist out in California 
who was literally curing cancer. As a scientist, he could only get final stage patients. We're talking death's door. He had a 50% cure rate, and the cure was so simple, it's absolutely ridiculous. He takes a sample of their blood, takes it out, separates the white from the red blood cells, mass produces the white blood cells in Petri dishes, and shoots them back into them in mass. Huge. Okay? And there are so many plants out there right now, because I've been studying natural healing for a long time. So many plants out there that can help you to cure the cancer, to get rid of it. You need to get your base, your body back to, at the very least, the seven on the acid base scale, which is right there in the middle. Because otherwise, if it's acidic, you're, it's, it's going to thrive. Now, if it's basic, it can't thrive at all. These are just some simple little things you can do. Stop drinking all these acidic drinks. Your pop, your coffee, your uh, orange juice, which is actually good for you, unless you've got cancer. Um, so many other drinks out there are all. Anything that's carbonated has got acid in it, big-time acid. It's literally, uh, basically, uh, one step down from battery acid. And I know ain't going to be not too many people out there that are going to actually sit there and uh, open up a battery and start drinking the acid out of it. Because they know that would be stupid. Okay? This is just some of the stuff that the medical people are doing. As, as uh, you guys have exposed before, the uh, one group of uh, doctors that have that new law passed so that they can literally drug you, your ass up and starve you to death. Um, you know, you guys were exposing that in the uh, one system. Uh, they killed my uh, fiancé with that. Yeah. And the worst part about it is that her uh, quote-unquote best friend was a nurse there. My experience, Jim, has been that many of these people that you're talking about, hospice most especially. Now, we have two states, Montana, and I believe it's, um, it's Connecticut or Maryland, have passed laws making it. Well, okay you guys were talking start, about a federal law yeah, that got passed. That making it okay, sense. yes. But to making it okay in the state to starve and dehydrate people who are mentally ill or with dementia uh, or Alzheimer's to death. Because why should you have to take care of them? But it's Obamacare, and this came in. Uh, we keep talking a lot, John and I do, about this phony left versus right thing. But this was put in by Republicans into Obamacare, and that it was the changing of food and water from a human right and necessity. And it's reclassified now as medical treatment. So the first thing that happens when you go into hospice is they call for futility of care, which means all medical treatment stops. That includes food and water, and they start drugging you to death. 
and uh, yep. that's what you're that's what you're talking about. Yep, that's exactly it has to correct, be a, and that's what they did to Danielle. Yep. Um, she had brain damage from a, since she was a kid, mm-hmm. so she was costing yeah. the state a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, yep. You know, and yep, I, I guarantee they've tried to kill me off at least five or six times up here at Munson Hospital in Travers. <laughs> Everything from food poisoning, uh, tasting, tasting things added to the food that like molds and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, that's not only thing that, they do, Jim. If if you refuse, I, and you have every right to refuse medications. Yeah. But if you and refuse them. They will crush them up and put them in your food. Uh, oh, that and, explains and a lot. Take- okay, wonderful. Yeah. I, well, the the thing is, I keep refusing when they uh, tell me I need to take this shot in order to prevent me from getting bed sores. Well, I've never gotten a bed uh-huh. sore in the hospital in my life. As many times yeah. as I've been in there. And yet they're trying to fill me up with uh, these blood centers, and I have uh, twice. Yep came damn close to bleeding out because of the blood centers. Yeah. Twice. Yep. Because I couldn't stop the bleeding. A nosebleed started, and I couldn't stop it. Wow. Yeah. God protected me through all of this crap. I know Mm. there's a lot of people out there that don't believe that, but I just know. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. just... But, yeah, they are honing in um, <laughs> on our hospice shows. We talk about this a lot. Uh, what they're calling palliative care is actually a slow version of euthanasia. And yes. they give you drugs to the point of you you can't move. You can't. You're basically semi-comatose, and they're starving you and dehydrating you at the same time. And especially you yep. go for quite a while without food. But four days without water, and exactly. it becomes painful. It begins to become painful. And then they, what they do is they come tell the family, they're in pain. You don't want them to suffer, do you? Do you? And right in front of the family and friends, they will load them up with what they call a ham sandwich, Haldol, yeah. Ativan, morphine, and right. dose them really hard. And then oh, yeah. the, morphine, the morphine attacks the lungs. It compromises the lung action, and they start panting and trying to pull long, slow breaths, and they'll pant and everything. Oh, it's there, and they're in tremendous pain. Um, we need to give them, and they'll come in and roll them up on their left side, give them a massive dose of this cocktail, and it's about 15, 20 minutes, and they're gone. And yeah. um they do it, which I think is just one of the most insidious things I've ever... They do it right in front of the family and friends. They do this right in front of them. It's almost like they get pleasure out of conning these people into standing there watching them murder that person, and this is murder. Yes. But paleo care, when they talk paleo care, palliative care, they're talking about slow-moving euthanasia. This yep. is exactly what they're going to do. Dr. Kayon on seen, drugs, if you get my drift. Yeah. Yep. It just, yep. Um, yeah, it's it's a sad, we're all marked, um, if you're not young, 
totally healthy. Your days are numbered around here. I mean, they just are. They don't want us. They don't have any need for it. We're, um, you know, we're using things up that other people uh, need because they have a chance to live and you don't. And um, we're going to make sure of that. And but it just these last years doing the radio shows and getting involved in what I have. I, honest to God, I. Um, it's like living out of uh, This a is a, one of the reasons I need to move to, down to, closer to my brother and to a good church that I know will help to, to support me. Yeah. Well, and that's something that bothers me in this, is the silence of these churches um, on the guardianship well, issue. Well, yeah, I, I wrote I have, a poem, and I'll send you a copy of it later. It's called, okay. uh, it's basically about churches and pastors that are cowards, which is the majority yeah. of the churches are being destroyed because of their cowardice. God don't want these well, churches you know, I have contacted several of these churches over one of their congregation, many of them having been a member for decades, getting caught in these guardianships and right. that they need to step out and support them and without exception. Everyone, mm-hmm. oh, we can't do that. That's political. No, it isn't political. This is human rights. It's what you're supposed to be about. That's right. Oh, we can't do that. We'll lose our tax-exempt status. Well, what's more important, the member of your congregation or your tax-exempt status? But they don't realize why- is that tax-exempt status is basically mm-hmm. when, you were, when you get that, you are an employee of the state. The pastor is an employee yes. of the state. You're in a state office, mm-hmm. literally. All that sort of bullshit, okay? Yep. And most churches don't understand this. So when I, right. you know, when this, this church here that I'm going to, they were threatened with losing their thing, and that pastor just said, so what? We know the yeah. Lord will bless us, because uh, just take it away if you need to. We don't care. Wow. And that wow. church right now is being so blessed. They have grown so fast. So quickly, they've gone from a tiny little building to three different size circus tents. Wow. Yeah, that's because they people are looking for the right church. And this one wow. is it, one of the ones. There's one out in yeah. California that's doing similar. There's, you know, the big, the churches that are growing are the ones that are standing up to the tyranny. I'm watching yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. The ones that are mm-hmm. buckling into the fear, making people wear masks and all that sort of crap, those are the ones that are failing. And they're failing miserably because they're pastors wow. are cowards. Literally. Oh. Well, let me interject a few other things before we get too far off track here. Sorry. Uh, going back to the conversation we were on with regards to cancer, Ty Bollinger has a book out there called Cancer, Step Outside the Box. You can find it online for free if you do a search, okay? It's out there. You can actually read it for free. You don't even have to buy the books. And the reason he wrote the book was he lost both of his parents to cancer, and he wanted answers. And when he got those answers... He didn't like them. So he wrote the book, 
and explain things that no doctor will ever tell you. You know, there was a study done back in the 80s, and I remember reading it when I was a kid, and I still remember it to this day. They asked a whole bunch of these doctors whose specialty was in cancer, would you do for yourself what you prescribe for your patients? And almost without exception, their answer was no. It was like 95% said no. Now, you think about that very clearly, folks. And what have we talked about? A patient cured is money lost to these people. What they're doing now with this injection, which is not a vaccine, it's genetic engineering, one of the things they're doing, it attacks your white blood cell count. And then when you have the second injection eight weeks later, it attacks it a second time because that's when you white blood count gets rejuvenated. So they are attacking your own immune system. Assuming you survive it, and there's a lot of people who aren't, and assuming you don't get damaged, and there's a whole lot of people who have been, you have wiped out a majority of your own protection. If you are able to continue, you will become dependent upon big pharma because your own body, you of your own free will, destroyed it. You did. You chose it. You chose it through fear-mongering bullshit. Second, my little brother was talking about the issue of certain vegetables and plants and things that you can use. Again, wipes it out. And there have been multitudes of people that have done the same. And they have been targeted, very specifically targeted, by Big Pharma. Because, again, patients cured is not an acceptable option. Wilbur Rife and his Rife machine of many years ago was responsible for curing cancers that they said could not be cured. Could not be cured In other words, if they showed up at his door, these people were already told they were dead. Just go home and make funeral arrangements because in a couple weeks you're pushing out daisies. And at that point, his success rate was still most of his patients lived. That's the exact same thing that happened with that scientist out in California. Cancers that couldn't be cured were being cured. Final stage. That's right. And most people don't even realize what cancer is. It's not a disease like they keep pounding into our brains. It is mutated body cells, mutated by radiations, by your chemicals that you're exposed to every day, by the foods you eat every day, by all of that stuff. It's all mutating your body cells. And that's all cancer is. Mutated body cells. Exactly. But as they say, truth in an empire of lies is treason. And believe me, well, welcome and to gentlemen, treasonville, John. Oh, you've been in it a lot longer than I have, though. 
but we're here talking about it now, Jim. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot to be said for people that are taking their time to explain to you how important it is for you to take charge of your own health. See, it used to be the family doctor was the guy down the street who knew you because he was the family doctor. He'd been the small-town doctor, and unless something had gone really wrong and it was outside his special influence, he took care of you. He probably birthed you, watched you grow up, and took care of you if he survived long enough till you know, he passed on. Those days are gone. Under Obamacare, we told you they were going to limit who got medical care, and they were going to stop pulling the plug on people. And people laughed at us for saying this, <laughs> even as they do this every single day. Every day they're doing it now. Now you're hearing conversations from people saying, well, all these people who didn't get the injection, well, they don't need to be seen by the doctors because obviously they don't care about their health. And this is the way they're promoting it. And remember, folks, this big die-off that we're watching right now, these were people that were injected, not the ones that weren't. And while Marty has a lot to be concerned about, when she says there's a lot of really strange things going on, remember, they're talking about putting this crap genetically into plants that people consume and other food sources. They're talking about how they can mist, just like you heard Marty say at the beginning of the show. This science experiment has an agenda behind it. And this agenda is about reducing the population of this planet by a very, very, very high number. And the only way that people are going to survive this is by being a whole lot smarter, wide awake to what's going on, and finally deciding that they're not going to go along with it. The problem is there's too many people whose brainwashing is too thorough, who we cannot reach, even as we beg and plead and try to show them facts. We try to use logic and reason with them. No, they have been controlled emotionally. Trauma-based mind control, that we talk about every week. Fight or flight. And these people are deliberately put in a state of fear. And when you're in a state Don, of fear... don't forget the smart dust. Jim, let me finish. Me. Okay. Yes, you're right with the smart dust. And again, you mentioned that earlier. We have a society impacted in ways that it's never been before. This is full-spectrum dominance. This is warfare from every angle. And most people are simply unprepared to deal with it. At a physical level, at a psychological level, or even at a perspective of being aware of it level. And they're paying a price for it. 
Back to you, Marty. I think there's so much going on. Um, I think we're seeing the culmination of many long-laid plans. And to get away with the genocide that's occurring, the entire public had to be terrorized, which they've done quite effectively. What bothers me is, like I say, the willingness of people to just believe that this is true. I've, I've had people say to me, well, I know it was COVID because I saw it. I saw what it did. What you saw was the flu. Why do you think the CDC isn't counting flu stats this year? Everything's being relabeled as COVID. There is no COVID. So where are we going to get the stats at to prove what we're saying? Well, we'll just take the flu stats. And this whole thing has been such a charade. And they told you that event 201, that it's viewable online, exactly what they were going to do, exactly how they were going to do it. And they talked about COVID. This is, if anything is out there, there's there's a reason like the, the, the failure to identify this virus. Either they there is no virus or what is out there, if they isolated and identified it, it would have chemical markers in it that would tell them exactly which lab it came from. Just like anthrax, when they did the anthrax uh, crap after 911, that came right out of Fort Detrick. It was identified by the chemical markers in the anthrax that was sent through the mail. It was their formulation, and it had been weaponized. Not that it isn't deadly enough on its own, but they had geared it up, and it had these chemical markers in it that identified it as having come, come from Fort Detrick. I think when this is over, if the truth is ever known, and things have a way of getting out, this was something else entirely. Uh, Something is being done sporadically. This is why you get clusters of people who get sick. Um, I keep telling people if you watch, the only people supposedly dying are in the hospitals, nursing homes prisons, jails, places where there is a captive population. And yet we have in Los Angeles 59,000 people living dead in the middle of Los Angeles on the street. But for some reason the plague hasn't hit there. Now don't you find that odd? We have homeless encampments all over the country. And yet they aren't being wiped out by any any virus. I keep telling people if this was anything like they said it was, people would be dropping like flies in the street, but that isn't happening. They don't die till they go to the hospital. They don't die until they come into the nursing home and force everyone to take one of these vaccines. There is something happening, but it's not what we're being told. The COVID narrative is to divert us, to keep us diverted so that we don't look to see what really is going on. Again, I go back to the fact of what is wrong with us as Americans. We have this history that, you know, we were the best, the brightest, and the most that ever was. And while the rest of the world stands up and fights back, here we sit calling each other names. Just, I, I honestly... I, I don't understand it. it is, this really, really 
eats at me. You can't get people on their feet about anything. They'll get on Facebook and shoot their mouth off. And, um, but they hide, you know, there too. And I don't know, there's us, John, that stand up publicly and say, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something's not right here. Something's not right. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't hold out much hope for us. I hate to say that. I hate to end the show on a downer. But I just really don't. People are too complacent, too apathetic, and too desperate to be terrorized, to fall back and play the victim and hope, poor us, poor us, poor us, hell, get yourself up. And, you know, I'm an old lady. If I can get out there and fight, why aren't you? Um, I, I just don't get it. We've got about four minutes left here. Uh, John, did you have anything you wanted to wind up here with before I shut down? Yeah, Marty, let me put this out there because, again, a lot of folks have been concerned about what's going on, and for good reason. But one point that I'm trying to reiterate every time I have these conversations and every time I'm sitting here trying to reinforce that you're not alone, this isn't hopeless. This isn't a lost cause. Folks, they're censoring us because we are effective. They're censoring us because all they are selling us, all they are offering to us, the only thing is slavery, tyranny, and an early death. That is their sales pitch. That is it in a nutshell. We're not glossing over anything. We're not hitting the high notes. We've done all that tonight. That is their sales pitch, ladies and gentlemen. We all need to recognize the options that we have. And it doesn't take violence. It doesn't take rioting. It takes a heartfelt conviction and a backbone. And yes. a will steal that says, no, I will not consent to this. No, I will not tolerate this. No, I will not permit you to do this to me and my family. No. Two letters, ladies and gentlemen, one tiny word, backed by your action. Now, you can say yes to the crime syndicate, and then you will suffer the consequences for your submission. But when you stand and you say no, you're not alone. You're not alone by a long shot, ladies and gentlemen. Look around this globe. This whole planet is showing you you're not alone. They are telling you to your face, we're standing up, and we don't even have the tools that you Americans got. But we're not sitting there cowering in our homes saying, you know what? Oh, woe is me. They're doing something about it. And the sad truth is the whole world is looking to America, to America, to be the shining star. When I was a boy, we were the shining star to the world. 
Not so much anymore. Don't give up hope. Commit. Marty, back to you. All right. This has been, it's gone way too fast again, as always. Um, The shows have been a little sporadic here lately, and I apologize for that. That's all due to me and things going on here with me. We'll try to get better on track and more regular with you. Uh, Again, a reminder, all these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblowers Network and the Summit that occurs in D.C. every every July. We'll be there either on Zoom or applicable program or we'll be there in person. Um, But again, if you're one of those people that are sitting terrified of a non-existent infection, Get you some vitamin C and some zinc. I mean, all these doctors are recommending vitamin D, quercetin, bromelain for your lungs, and take care of yourself. And as Jim said, keep your body alkaline and not acidic. Cancer and other diseases cannot grow in an alkaline body. And you can get test strips at the drugstore to test whether you're alkaline or acidic. It'll give you a good heads up on where you're headed with your health. Anyway, we will be back hopefully next Monday night. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. John, as always, it's a pleasure having you on. And, Jim, thank you for coming in this evening, too. appreciate it. And we'll talk to well, everyone next week. Thank you for letting me. Anytime right. you want me on, just talk. Just send me an invite. All right, Jim, I'll do that. All right. Because I like everybody, to thank what you I know, the... too. There you go. There you go. We all do, I think. Anyway, we'll be back next week, everyone. Have a good evening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then.